welcome to Running Is Bullshit. I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. Amy, you run a bloody ultra. I know, I know I kept it a secret. Yeah, oh, it's very under wraps. You yeah, didn't like to yeah. tell anyone about it. But yeah, I ran, I, you know, casual ultra marathon, no big deal. 42 miles, yeah. Was it 42 in the end? It was, yeah. So it's, of course, like a lot of ultras, advertised as 40. Um, apparently the previous year it was advertised as 40 and it was 39. <sighs> So that would have been nice. <laughs> but no, it ended up being 42 miles in total. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, we've got uh, your tweets coming up from the bullshitters. We've got the bullshit running news. We've got the competition winner and some exciting um, merch news. But we're just going to talk about the Ultra straight away. Because I've got my Ultra I did like a month ago. I want to talk about it. I've been resisting that for the last two shows. And we've got yours. Amy, tell us all about it. I know the listeners are dying to hear about oh, yes. this. They are dying for it. Right, so I did the Vogum, the Vale, what is it now? Vale of, of oh, Vale of Glamorgan Ultramarathon. That's the, that's You've the still got a little bit of ultra brain there. Mate, I have been so tired. I think what I wasn't anticipating is how tired I'd be, but not tired as in I want to go to sleep tired. Just my whole body is just exhausted. So, yeah, I definitely still have ultra brain. So if I'm making less sense than usual, that just It's been three on. days. You should be over it by now. I'm not. You know Come what? On. I, I had to go, I started a new job yesterday as nice. well. Nice, timing. <laughs> and there was a lot of walking involved to get to said new job. Oh. And I, I was legitimately worried before I did the ultra. And after the, straight after the ultra that I wouldn't be able to get into work on my yeah. first day. I had to go, you know, meet my new line manager at 9am. And I was legitimately worried I, I would not be able to do that. I did. But I, I've just been, I've not been, I don't know whether anyone else who's done an ultra can relate to this but I've just not been sleeping very well I assumed I'd just be out for the count every yeah. night but I'm getting like just six hours of sleep a night and I'm waking up and I'm still t- bloody tired and it's just so. all the aches you get as yeah. well also you would have been you know you probably didn't eat enough you didn't probably didn't yeah. take enough calories and that also it actually does kind of a bit of organ damage as well running long yeah. distances does damage your kidneys and other things yeah. they do really get impacted so you kind of do really have to recover from that stuff as well and every time I close my eyes I can just see bits of the coast path <laughs> it's like PTSD I, I mean I loved it but yeah, every time I close my eyes, it's that same sort of bit of trail. So you um, ran from Porthcawl to Penarth in yes. the South Wales coast. Yes. It it's was, not a bad place, is it? No, and I want to start off with some positive bits before okay. I start moaning. It was a fantastic course. Like, I'd recommend anyone to do it because it wasn't, of course, it's a long way. But in terms of the elevation and stuff, it wasn't insanely difficult. Yeah. It was because it, it's cliffs. There was a few like really steep bits, and then there was loads of really flat. So yeah. it was quite an easy course in terms of you could think right. I'm walking the steep bit, and then I'm running what I can see is like a really flat bit. There weren't many sort of long um, inclines and so yeah. on. So it was quite nice in that sense, and the scenery is fantastic. And it was really varied. So you'd be on a beach one minute, then you'd be on a trail, and there was lots to keep your mind occupied. Yeah, so I never felt bored. Um, and this time of year, the weather was quite nice as well. Still managed to burn my face. I'm going to show nice. Stuart the cap mark. Oh, yeah, 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 that's a good one. Yeah, Pretty yeah. good. I put sun cream on uh, when I got up at half five in the morning. And I took some with me. But I thought, you know, it'll be fine. Be fine. Don't worry about yeah. it. And yeah, it got sunburnt. So the other thing I really liked about the race, so we had Reese Jenkins on the show a few months ago now, didn't yeah. we? Lovely guy. And he's the organiser um, of the Vogum. And what I really like is the whole philosophy of no... Um, cut off points yeah 
for the checkpoint. So there wasn't really any pressure to get from each checkpoint. And that's how I sort of split the race up was checkpoint to checkpoint. You know, usually about six or seven miles between each checkpoint. It was about six, wasn't there? It was quite yeah. a lot. It was more than I expected, There actually. was one where it was eight miles between yeah. one checkpoint to the other. And that was going through Barry. Yeah. And there was eight miles. And it was the longest eight miles. Because by that point, my feet were shot. Yeah. My feet were absolutely shot. I got to 25 miles and my feet were dead. Because, well, as listeners might assume, I hadn't done enough training. No, no, we don't, yeah. <laughs> All that talk of building my mileage, I should have been doing it rather than talking about it. Yeah. Because my longest run before the ultra was 14 miles. Four, now that, sorry, 14, 14 four. one four. No. And it was Sorry, how long was the ultra? 42 miles well 40 40 so that's that's how much more that's three times more yeah now that's not because i'm a bloody idiot and thought 14 miles is fine it is a little (laughs) my plan my intention was to go 20 miles in training you know get get a good few 20 mile runs in maybe even up to 25 but it just didn't happen for various reasons so the, the intention was there i didn't think i didn't assume that i'd be able to do an ultra on 14 miles so the fact i finished the bloody thing but my feet by the end of it I've never felt that much pain. I mean, but I will say this, and this is another positive. I think I've cured my knee. Yeah. I think it's cured. Yeah, like I had a bit of like a niggly pain towards the beginning, like the first sort of 10, 15 miles, and it went. (laughs) And I couldn't believe it because I thought if my knee's going to go, it's going to be on an ultra, and I haven't had knee pain since. So is that a podcast top tip? If you've got knee pain, don't train for an ultra, do it, and then you're fixed. That's exactly it. So if I was a physio, I'd say, you know what? You don't need to stretch. You don't need to do yoga, yeah. forget weights, all that sort of thing. Do Run 40 miles. Run 40 miles. Non-stop. So, yeah. So my... was your new job starting as a physio? <laughs> no, spo- no, spoiler alert, yeah. it wasn't. <laughs> well, it's a good sideline, potentially. Yes, yeah. Other positive, there was vegan pies at the end. Nice. Which is always good. And another thing I like to keep under wraps on the podcast, I am a vegan. Yeah. And there was lots of vegan stuff at the aid stations. I mean, regardless of vegan or not, having a pie at the end. Oh, mate. Well, apparently people were coming to the end and he was offering, you know, the, the, the um, volunteers were offering people pies. Yeah. And they were saying they're vegan and people were like, oh, no, I don't want a vegan pie. Like, they were amazing. They just had like yeah. lentils and kidney beans. It's a pie. You want a pie? Oh, How are you turning down anything amazing. at the end of that day? Oh, but I will say... Credit to myself, I did. <laughs> yeah, great. I did fuel and I did hydrate very well. Did you? By the end of it, all I was feeling was extremely tired, as in I was falling asleep while I was running. Because, and I say this other thing as well, I was running towards the end. Yeah. I knew I was going to walk run the entire thing, so I hadn't trained enough. Yeah. But my feet were hurting so bad walking, it actually eased it off to run. Yeah. Because I was like less surface You're using area. a different bit of your foot. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So right until the end, I was still running. It was very painful, but. I was just extremely tired and my feet hurt, but I wasn't, you know, because I know when I'm dehydrated because yeah. I fall over and I get a bit like loopy, but I was just extremely tired. So you didn't actually fall over either? The other thing, no, I stumbled once and even that wasn't a proper stumble. Amazing. I did have, now my falling over is partly due to my road shoes, I think, because I've got like yeah. a slightly bigger toe box and stuff. So I was wearing yeah. my trail shoes and the plan was halfway to change into my road shoes because my road shoes are a lot more cushioned. I thought I can't miss this. I, I, I thought, I can't risk falling over in these shoes because if I fall over, I'm not getting back up. So in the end, I just kept the trail shoes on, which probably why another contributing factor to my feet hurts. Does anyone as else well. giggle slightly when they hear the words toe box? <laughs> I don't know why. No, but it does sound weird when you say it now. <laughs> so yeah, I did credit to me. I hydrated well. I fueled well. You know, just shoved lots of things in my face. I did pick up cliff bars at every single aid station and just carried them. Didn't eat them. Nice. Those things are expensive, though. I thought I'd taken them home. Yeah, absolutely. I paid for this. 
taking those things home. Uh, well, you haven't mentioned how long it took you. Oh, gosh, yeah. So it took me 13 and a half hours, I think. Oh, It's a long time to be on your feet. That's a long day. And I reckon, you know, if I properly trained, I could take like three hours. I could do it in 10 hours, I think. The route and stuff, you know. That's roughly what we were predicting beforehand, wasn't it? We said like, you know, a really kind of ballpark figure, like 10 hours. I thought, yeah. I'd, I'd come out and meet you at halfway. I was there at the beginning to see you off. Mm-hmm. I got Actually, I'll say something. The beginning was hilarious because it was the most low-key start to race I've ever seen. On a beach as well. On the beach. Uh, Reese did his little introduction. So, oh, I don't really like doing this. Blah, blah, blah. He gave me you know, all the instructions. Mm. And then he went, right, off you go then. <laughs> and and then, everyone just kind of looked at him. Yeah. And they went, oh, is that, is that, should we beep? All right. And they just kind of walked off. But it was hilarious. <laughs> and, and people started running on the beach. And it was so like, it wasn't like flat yeah, sand. Yeah, it was yeah. proper like beachy. And we went into sand dunes as well. And I think I'm not bloody running in sand dunes. And right at the beginning of a race. I was really surprised by that. Everyone just started running off. I'm like, why are you running? You're on yeah. a beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we walked the sand because that's like running five miles on sand. So there probably was in total about five miles of like sandy yeah. bits and stuff. Like, that's like running 15 miles. Yeah. Like, no exaggeration. It's proper. It was proper soft sands. Because you start off and you just, you're basically the tail runner pretty much from the very beginning. Because yeah. you were sensible and walking. I was like, oh, I would have okay. done exactly the same. Actually, I think I would have popped up on the promenade. Yeah. Yeah, well, we overtook, we ended up overtaking a few people. We um, we had a lovely lady with us for a little while in Barry Island, but we had to leave her behind because mm-hmm. we were like... Yeah, that's fine. The thing is, it sounds bad, but you can't look back. No. You have to... There's parts of the race where you cannot physically look back. You yeah. have to just concentrate on moving forward. And... Yeah, it's not like the emotional thing about looking back to you. You literally can't turn around because no. it hurts. No. And the thing is, I think the people doing it wouldn't want to hold you back either. You know, if that was me in that position where I was struggling a bit, unless I had an injury or something, I'd just be like, yeah, just just go, you know. And it's areas where you can ring someone and, and they'd come and be able to pick you up. We went on a trail then, we were in the middle of a town. So we had to, we had to leave her behind. That's fair enough. But um, there was an interesting moment when I think we almost got murdered. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So we got a bit kind of lost. Um, there was this really, really rocky beach. Like, really rocky. Yeah, yeah. yeah and we didn't want to cross it. So we yeah. thought, looks like we can just cut through this field. No. There was a little gate. It wasn't really a field. It was some sort of, I don't know. Like, it, it looked like a piece of land that somebody had bought and was, like, renting it to people to put, you know, there was, like, a little um, storage container house on there. Mm-hmm. But as we were walking through, there was this, like, really old house. And I hope this guy isn't listening because, bless him, he's probably fine. Or not, or a murderer. Um, but he, there was this really old house, all the windows were a bit weird. And there was a guy stood out in his garden wearing um, just really short shorts and yeah. nothing else. Um, so the person I run with, and shout out to Bernie who listens to the show as well. Because I must say, she got me through the entire thing. We ran together the entire time. I'm not exaggerating when I say I don't think I could do it without her. Because I think I would have dropped out at halfway or something. Yeah. Um, so shout out to her as well before I forget. But yeah, she goes, let's just go and ask this chap here how we get back onto the coast path. I'm thinking, we're going to get murdered. There's no one around. And he's, uh, he stood there with this massive dog as well. Um, and he says, oh, you know, I think we, you just go this way. And he gives his directions. And he goes, what are you doing? And we tell him. And he goes, oh, do you want to stay for a drink before you carry on? I went, I went, no. Nope. <laughs> I said, no, we've got friends waiting for us. They know where we are. <laughs> so, no, honestly, it looked like a house you would be murdered in. Yeah. It was like grey and there was all the windows looked a bit dirty and things didn't look quite right. But no, we don't want to stay and have a drink with you. Cheers, mate. But 
Yeah, that was the only bit of mild peril, really. Apart from the stepping stones at Ogmore, that was the only other yeah. bit of mild peril. So I came out to see you at halfway, and we expected you about kind of one o'clock or something like that. We you know, again, really rough kind of timing, and it, you came through at three. <laughs> which was, you know, of course, that would be fine. And I was just thinking, like, I did, like, say multiple times, I'll definitely see you for the finish. And I went, mm-hmm. 10 o'clock. No, sorry. No, I, <laughs> sorry, I'm not staying for that. I'm going to bed. No, I didn't blame... Yeah, I didn't blame people not waiting for us at the finish because it was... As soon as I got to halfway, I thought, this is going to be long. This yeah. is going to be long. And actually, when I started the, the start line, I, I don't think I realised just how much walking there'd be towards the beginning just because of the sand dunes. Mm. So the sand dunes took so long to get through because yeah. that would have been the point where I would have run a bit more. But then I think maybe I wouldn't be able to finish. If yeah, I well, that. the first half was hard in the second half as well, wasn't it? Because you had all those yeah, river valleys up yeah, and down, yeah. those quite steep hills. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, but I'm feeling positive about it because like I said, apart from not enough training and feeling really tired, I think it went really well. Yeah. I finished it. So I think next year, just definitely more training. Yeah. Just because I don't want to be running for almost 14 hours as well. Yeah. So another one is on the cards. Yeah. And, and also, I I thought like, oh my God, when I'd finished and my feet were in so much pain and I went home and I was in agony, I thought I'm not going to be able to walk tomorrow. But next day, it just felt like I'd run like a really mm. fast 10k. Like, That's what I found right. actually after the ultras I've done. The next day, I've expected it to be awful. Yeah. And it's just kind of been normal, yeah. hard, tired. But that just lasted a little longer. Yeah. 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 Like I guess you haven't still... tried to run yet. No, I'm going to have a week yeah, off, and yeah, then. But yeah, like my calves are still tight and stuff. And I, you know, I've been sitting for a while. But when I was telling people, oh, you know, I start a new job that on on the Monday afterwards, they were going, oh dear, oh no, um, how are you going to get there? I think it freaked me out a bit, yeah. but it was absolutely fine. Yeah, so. I'm well done. Bang in. So apparently, you did a secret ultra. Was this secret? Have you? It wasn't secret. Mm. I did it a month ago, but I said I would save it. I would save okay. the story until this this episode. We can have special bragging about our ultras episode yeah. and we'd love to hear about your ultras as well especially because this was my first ultra i'd love to hear um if you've got any sort of similar experiences yeah. or just maybe perhaps the story of your first ultra if anything interesting happened or if you nearly scary. got murdered yeah nearly got murdered all those sorts of things how bad did your feet hurt how little training can anyone beat just 14 <laughs> mile long running training is anyone worse than amy and averaging about oh at some points i was averaging like 16 20 miles a week which is bloody nice. awful so yeah so how can they get in touch with us Stuart, if they want to tell us their ultra stories uh they can tweet us at running is bs they can look at our facebook page which is running is bullshit on the facebook or if you want to send us something a little bit longer running is ball at gmail.com cool so now re- regale us with your story of your ultra well this was the st Iltid's ultra back at the beginning of may um, now, this has been described as the UK's friendliest ultra, which I thought was kind of interesting because, like, are there unfriendly ultras? Because everything I ever hear about them, everyone says how wonderful they are and everyone's lovely. So this must have been a really friendly ultra, I thought. Well, I've heard, um, I won't name the race, mm. but somebody I was running with uh, on Saturday said, oh, I knew said the race then, but they were doing a certain ultra and they were getting to the last checkpoint. And the last checkpoint was, I think, five miles out from the finish. Mm-hmm. And they missed the cutoff time by three minutes and they would not let them finish. Like, cutoff is a cutoff. But the people... No, um, I'm with them. But listen, the no. people who made the cutoff time, they, they sprinted ahead and they made the cutoff time. Um, they finished... I think it was 15 minutes after the cut-off for the finish mm-hmm. and they were still giving their medals. Okay, that's good. Double standards, Yeah, you see. If you're going to be pissy about your rules, be properly pissy about mm. your rules. Don't just change Exactly. It. Like, I agree to some extent with you. That sucks. But yeah. if you're going to have, where does it end, you know? Yeah. But if you... I don't know. I'd be tempted to be lenient if it was the last checkpoint five miles yeah. out. You know? But anyway, 
So yeah, it was the St Iltyds Ultra, uh, started ended in Burry Port, it was an out and back, and as it turns out, it was a lot hillier than I expected. And um, actually, one of the other things, not only being the UK's friendliest ultra, one of the things that really attracted me to it, and the little group of people I got to do it as well, uh, the food stops. They were reviewed online by multiple people as being like a kid's birthday party. Amazing. And they really were. They were amazing. There were one, two, three food uh, stations. And then so you, out and back, so you did each of them twice. And it was like a couple of tables, a couple of long tables full of cakes and crisps and loads of fruit and cheese at halfway as well, which was pretty amazing. Uh, bits of sausage roll, just anything, just all kinds of like party buffet food. It was amazing. So we just absolutely stuffed ourselves. Uh, it started in Burryport, as I said, at the Yacht Club. Uh, it was about three and a half miles was just dead flat uh, alongside this little river. And everyone's like, ha, 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 I thought this was supposed to be hard. Look how flat and easy this is. Ha, 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 ha. And then there was climbing. There was a lot of climbing. We did a lot of climbing. What was the total elevation then? 12, 1300 metres. Really? Yeah. So uh, the one, the Vogan was just 2,000 foot? Probably about seven, eight hundred meters. Yeah, which is quite, and it was it was equal going back, and it wasn't an out and back. It was a one way, but it was still the elevation and the um, what's the opposite of elevation? De-elevation? Decline. Declination. The the elevation, and it always says on my watch what the opposite is because it tells me the elevation and the decline. Yeah, it was equal unusually. So, well, yeah, not unusually because it starts at sea level and ends at sea level. Pretty much, Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, we had all kinds of terrain on this as well. There was like there was canal path at the beginning through a couple of housing estates, forests, bluebell woods. That was lovely. Cow fields under an electric fence. That was fun. Uh, about a mile on a busy road, which was shit. A gravel paths, villages alongside a reservoir, and then back again. So there was all kinds of things to take on. One of the things we found on there as well. The only the, one of the big problems with this, unfortunately, the only toilet on the course was in a graveyard. Now, I'm not saying I went to the loo, like, just in a graveyard. There was a toilet in a block. I didn't just, like, poo on a grave. <laughs> that would be weird. Part of the reason why I ran with Bernie is she had, like, a comprehensive list of toilet stops. Nice. And she would she had crib notes. I'm oh, not lying. Good. She had three pages of crib notes. Three pages? Honestly, she put it all out. She said, you know, one day at work she was a bit bored, so she'd just written out all these crib notes for, like, the, the complicated yeah. bits of the course. But on those was the toilet. So I didn't really have to do much work navigation-wise, nice. luckily, because I'm awful. But I just said to Ark, can you tell me where the next toilet is? And, yeah, it was it was amazing. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so it was a shame. That's going to be my main criticism. Like, even at the halfway point, there wasn't, like, a portal or something, which is how, a bit of a shame. Sorry, how far was it again? Uh, it's 30 miles. Yeah, it's a long way to go with it's only a one long toilet. Way. <laughs> and yeah, and this is like an unofficial toilet. So if you didn't know it was there, you didn't, mm. I just happened to see it and I heard someone else mention it. Yeah. So I went on the way back. But the thing is, I didn't actually wee for five and a half hours, which is pretty bad, I think. Yeah. That's a long time. So you're not a professional like me. I'm not a professional getting hydrator. Your, uh, getting your hydration. It took right. me a long, because everyone else was like stopping for wee. I'm like, oh, I have a little think about it. No, not yet. So yeah, it took me five and a half hours, which is pretty bad. But then I went like four times afterwards, so it's yeah. fine. Yeah, under an electric fence. We had to go through a cow field. So you got into the field, under a little fence, and then there were just cows everywhere. And they kind of kicked off a bit when the runners started going through. Oh, so there's a couple of videos of these cows running across the field and people shitting themselves, which is quite fun. And then, again, on the way back through the field, like past all the cows, and then under this electric fence again, which is not pleasant at about 25 miles. So how was the out and back? Because I think mentally that would be difficult for me. Because when I got to a difficult part of the course, I'd be thinking in my head, 
I've got to do this again. Like under an electric fence or through something, I think, mm. oh God, I've got to then do this again. Mentally, that would be quite difficult. I think it was okay because I didn't know any of the course. And I think a lot of time, when you go like downhill for three miles, you kind of don't notice. Yeah. If it's flat, if it's an easy part of it, or just downhill, you don't really notice it. And then when you get back to it, you suddenly think, oh shit, this is actually uphill. And we actually kind of joked at the beginning, you know, for the first 10, 15 miles, we said, actually, this isn't that tricky a course, I don't mm. think. We were like, no, I think it's okay. But on the way back, oh yeah, it was. Yeah, we realised there were some. There were about three really big hills that I think were mostly down on the way out. Oh, when they're so, long as well. Like, yeah, there were some really long ones. It wasn't anything massively short and steep, but there were just some really long ones, which we didn't kind of really notice mm. on the way out. The, actually, our favourite bit of it, I ran with um, SBC for the whole thing as well, and a couple of other people, so shout out to Adam and Nina, who ran the whole thing together as well, and Amber, who ran it most of it with us, and then kind of ditched us 10 miles to go, which is Didn't she do that the last little tree you did? Yeah, she, she did, just, yeah. Like, shot I, off. I ran with Amber until three miles before the end of the last one, she ditched me again. <laughs> She's too good for me, so she just... She gets yeah, bored. you got to leave behind the enough. dead weight, you know? Yeah, I don't mind. Um, favourite bit of it is going through a narrow path, and it kind of ducked under a, a, a low branch, and this kind of, it just happened a couple of thorns on it. And it just plucked the buff off my head perfectly as I went underneath it. Which I just kind of turned around. And uh, SBC was there as well. She went, what? I looked around and my buff's hanging from the tree. So just as she laughed and threw her head forward was just as I went to grab the buff from the tree. Oh, so she just smacked her face into my arm. <laughs> so I just thought I'd broken her nose as well. <laughs> it would be great to turn up a halfway with blood pouring down her. Like, what happened? She headbutted my arm as I went to lift my buff off a tree who would believe me <laughs> she was fine luckily it was kind of the fleshy bit of my arm mm. and just above her nose so it was fine but that was very fine that took us a couple of minutes to go over that <laughs> also she started saying well done to everyone again being out and back we saw oh, the the leaders yeah. coming back and we're like oh well done you're doing really well and then it was like well done 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 how big well done. was the field then couple of hundred Oh, and we were quite near the back and so we saw a lot of people come through and I can tell she was just like I've said it to everyone now I can't stop so it was yeah. just well done well done and hardly anyone said well done back to her no because they're probably concentrating no <laughs> so that was pretty annoying yeah and as you said I think first of all about ultras if it's advertised as a 50k that means at least 50k yeah it's never going to be 50k apart from what you said the Vogum last year apparently was a bit short but generally they're going to be much longer and so Nina, who was running it as well, she learned that the hard way because she got 2K to go, what she thought, and she sped up. Oh, for, no, I mean, for no, a start, no. you're an idiot for speeding up at the end of an ultra. You're kicking it. And the also, end of the ultra. think, oh, 2K, precisely 2K to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll smash this. Nah, she had another two or three on top of that. That mentally, that was difficult for me because in my head, I'm thinking, checking my watch. No, I didn't speed up because I couldn't really speed up, but I was thinking, oh, I've only got like six miles to go. I've only got five. I've only got four. Yeah. And then when it got to 40 and I still wasn't there, I thought, this isn't right. Yeah. I had to actually get out my maps on my phone because I knew we were going to this school for the finish line. I had to get out the maps on my phone and do the walking route so I could just yeah. count down the minutes. Yeah. Not for directions, just because I needed something concrete to say, this is how to many show minutes. To show you getting closer. Because I wasn't... If I'd trained more, I could have run because it wasn't like uphill or anything. I just, by that point, I'm, the last two miles are the most painful and slowest yeah. two miles of my life. But I just, I had to have something that was going like seven minutes, six minutes, five until I got there yeah. because I was ready to drop. I, yeah. yeah, once I got out of the woods on mine, I mean literally out of the woods, not like metaphorically. And metaphorically, <clears> I guess. Oh, maybe. <laughs> once I got into that, we were just on a gravel path and then roads. Last three miles, I just walked because I was run walking a bit anyway, but I just walked the last mm. three miles because I just couldn't couldn't do it anymore. It was just flat and very boring. 
And the whole thing, I think, took 8 hours 40 for a 50k, which was a lot slower than the last one. But I say, it was really hilly. I actually looked, my fastest kilometre was 6 minutes 17, and that was down a 63 metre hill. So that's quite a big decline for one kilometre, and that was only 6.17. So that was a slow, long yeah. day as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I say, the St. Ilta's Ultra at Burryport, I do recommend it. It was really, really good. Only thing could do with the toilet. That's yeah, that's the main thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And cows bullshit. There were yeah, there were cows when I was running, and I was that was something I was quite nervous about because I hate cows. Yeah. Like if I if I'm running and I see a, a field of cows, I'm turning around and going somewhere else. But they always took me by surprise. Uh-huh. So I'd get halfway through the field and I'd be like, oh, there's cows, and they were pretty chill actually. Yeah. There was one bit actually when I got almost to the halfway point, there was a, a field of cows there, but you wouldn't know because they were hood, huddled yeah. in a corner. Plotting. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and some of them did have some horns, so. <laughs> Uh, but the, yeah, by the time I, I was too tired, I thought, you know what, stampede on me, I don't yeah, care. You might just well. put me out of my misery. You know? I've got a non ultra story because uh, also, I think that's kind of ultra is pretty much done now. Mm. I'm sure we'll talk about them forever and ever now, yes. though. All of our great experiences <laughs> and how good you are at planning them. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I also really. did a couple of bits of the Pembrokeshire Coast Path uh, last week, which is lovely. I did about 15 miles uh, over two days, so 30 miles altogether, which is nice. But we started going through a field and as a fucking massive ball in that field we have to we had to walk about past it about 10 meters away from it this was massive one of those big massive great neck and luckily i didn't see it standing up i only saw it sitting down but apparently it was fucking huge so we just walked past it like looking we don't make eye contact so yeah still there so it's not looking oh that was a scary way to start a run and then um as i tweeted actually his run was all the way through a firing range so there was like Gates everywhere, signs everywhere, like, you know, if the flag is up, if this light is on, do not enter because they'll be testing missiles here. <laughs> uh, there, you know, there was loads of signs for tanks. There were signs in foreign languages, which I guess means they have, you know, other armies there. Yeah. And then once we got to the coast path itself, we then like turned left. And for like four miles, it was just a gravel path mm. in the middle, just like an open, massive open um, cliff field. And just a gravel path, and that was it. And it was fucking boring. Yeah. We talk about the Pembrokeshire Coast Path, how amazing it is. That bit is shit. Yeah. It was so dark. And I just walked. I walked like 10 miles. Cause you I just, walked for 10 miles? Yeah. I just couldn't be bothered to run, because I was starting getting a little bit of pain as well. So I thought, oh, let's just walk it. It'll be fine. But then we stopped at Broadhaven Beach. Oh, I had the most amazing fresh naan bread with spiced potatoes with a fried egg and sriracha mayo, That's which is not fun. what you expect in a car park. In the middle of nowhere. I, we, we just saw this um, van. I thought, I know, like a bacon roll cup of tea will be fine. Yeah, and they yeah. had that. Oh, absolutely love that. Walked a bit more. Got to uh, past Barrafundal Bay and had a cream tea. Then I started running. Perfect. Ten miles, cream tea. Then I started running. You see, running. this is the other thing I didn't actually practice with, which you're supposed to, is eating when you're running, yeah. eating proper food. Because I, I, you know, I eat like um, glucose tops and stuff. But... I've never actually practiced eating proper food. How did you find it? Absolutely fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. too bad, is it? People kind of think, oh, no, I can't eat anything and run, but you, you can. Yeah. 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 I think because you're eating little, like, sugary and salty things, it's not sitting too heavy in your stomach. Mm. And also, the nature of it was I was walk running a lot. And you're not running very fast when you are running. Yeah. So, yeah, it was absolutely fine. But yeah, another thing I should have practiced before I did an ultra. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty of lessons to be learned from this. And that, but now we're passing on this knowledge. We are to the next generation. We of are the experts now. We, we can are, say that. Of course, we're experts. <laughs> and I also want to shout out everyone on Twitter that um, wish me luck and also yeah. uh, replied to my tweets and stuff. I really, I really do appreciate it. So, yeah. and not many. I don't think I've got any sort of very sarcastic ones. So no, and the sixty-three percent of people in the poll who said you were going to smash it rather than die. 
Because I voted die. very encouraging. Yeah, I voted yeah. die. Because I just assumed. But I'm glad you all had more faith in me than that. You obviously haven't seen my Strava, so... <laughs> Speaking of tweets, let's get into those. Uh, Richard Clare, at Richard Clare. This is absolutely my favourite tweet possibly you've ever received. He said, Amy does a cracking job providing jingles for the Running Is BS podcast through natural talent alone. Imagine how much better they'd be if she had actually heard music before. <laughs> oh, 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 Richard. Richard. I saw this and it's, I can't be mad. Because no. firstly, it's kind of true. I am tone deaf. I'm not actually tone deaf, but you know, you wouldn't know that. And also, yeah, it's probably the best tweet we've ever received. So fair Easy. play, Richard. Yeah. I mean, this is like a warning now for like 10 minutes. You have to do the jingle. So it's just something just to back okay, in your brain okay. there. Okay. Just to have a little think about it. Yeah. Cheers, Richard. Top bounce. Love that. Thank you bounce. so much. <laughs> so V Robinson at I underscore am underscore Vic. I'm always a bit disappointed when the protagonist in running books gets good at it. There's a gap in the market for tales of folk who start running, dislike it, stick with it, never get any better or learn to enjoy it and moan about every run. Me, that would be my book. <laughs> yeah, I think this is the niche we're fulfilling. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it happens a lot. You know, I've listened to other podcasts and people, oh, I've run for a few years and then I won my first race and I've done blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? Everyone always yeah. gets good at it. It's no fair. I've run since, I've been running since 2012. And, and you know, I, I, there was a period before I got injured where I was being very consistent. I was mm. doing a lot of long, long runs. I was averaging um, 100 plus mile months. I didn't get that much faster yeah. or that much better, to be honest. And yeah, maybe if I switched up. But at the end of the day, I was still a shit runner and yeah. that's fine. <laughs> and that's what we do. That's yeah. what we're here for, Vic. Don't worry. Uh, Max Carnage at Dr. G says, I love that your bullshit approach encompasses both trivial bullshit, such as nobody understands what my marathon means to me, uh, as well as the serious bullshit, which is things like structural inequality on gender issues and fucked up social norms. I salute your wide ranging running emoji shit emoji. That's what we do. Cheers, Max Carnage. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think, I'm not sure that was ever really the intention, was it? I think it was just going to be a piss take and complaining about things. But actually, as these things popped up, and they're things that we're both interested in, and it just seemed like a natural fit. There was an actual real thing for us to complain about as well. Yeah, we, we, we're, hit, we're doing the hard-hitting issues. You we know? are, definitely. We're a mixture between Runner's World and The Guardian. <laughs> well, that's the niche we're filling. <laughs> we just need someone else to say that, so we can put that as a, uh, as a quote. Yes. As a review. Tweeters saying, you're a mix between Runner's World and The Guardian. <laughs> and then like four stars. Yeah. And then we could put that on a poster if we had posters. Yeah, exactly. J at JMC82. They say, gentle morning run, battered knees as nervous kittens. Can I just stop there? I've never heard that saying before. Battered knees as nervous kittens. As nervous as kittens. As nervous as kittens. Battered knees as nervous as kittens. Yes. Yeah. Ner- I've never heard that as nervous So I guess that kittens. just means like every kind of step you take is like, oh, I'm not sure what's going to happen, you know, but and what, they're kind of shaking a bit, Where do the kittens come in? Well, because kittens are nervous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Gentle morning run, battered knees as nervous as kittens. Pulled up laughing at the impression of Dr. G on running his BS. Can confirm he absolutely wears a top hat and has a Victorian villain moustache. He'll deny it, but it's definitely 100% true. Angel emoji. Well, I didn't get to do the Dr. G voice on the last one because it didn't really fit it. But if you listen to the last episode, he sent us a lovely story about shoulder checking a bitch. And it just seemed quite dramatic and I really enjoyed the voice. It's that time. Running bullshit news that was a proper news jingle was it yeah 
It wasn't I like, wish I wasn't starting could, it out. I, was just I wish people could see the uh, the gestures that go with these as well. That's why. That's why people think they're not very good. Because you need to see everything. It's yeah. an audio-visual thing, not just audio. I'm, I'm sorry. but Okay, when we get to do the like the live theatre tours, um, I assume it'll come into its own then. There'll be a whole dance routine. There'll be a gospel choir oh, behind yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be children like singing and yeah, it'll be amazing. Amazing. Just okay. you wait. Who was it? Who? Richard. Just you re- wait, Richard. We'll see. <laughs> the first story. And really, we're talking about Liz Ayres this week. Yeah, it's we? a very Liz Ayres yeah. orientated show. Liz Ayres themed show. Um, so Liz Ayres, the sexy pace runner featured in episode 15, who broke the bullshit about the back of the pack runners at London Marathon, is our new source of bullshit news. And we start with a post from her Facebook page about a runner being called by the Cardiff half after they heard about the issue she had in London. And this just astounds me. Like, I'm so in disbelief. And it's kind of makes me angry, but it's kind of funny at the same time because it's so <laughs> ridiculous. Like, it's, you couldn't, it's like that couldn't, you couldn't write this shit, you yeah. know? Um, so Cardiff Half uh, ran this run. Cardiff Half uh, called this runner, and they said, um, "Well, unfortunately, they didn't call to offer help or support. They called to ask her if she was aware of the cutoff time, and if she'd be able to make it in time for the cutoff." Yeah, what they hadn't looked at was the fact that she'd already run the race the year before and had done it well within the cutoff time. But it's just the fact that she was close to the London ones. They thought, oh, perhaps we'll give her a call just to double check. And isn't the cutoff time for Cardiff Half, not that this justifies it, but it's quite generous anyway. You can walk yeah, yeah. Cardiff Half, can't you? Yeah, it's a very generous one. And it's it's well, it's well easier than the London cutoff as yeah. well, perhaps, as well. So what they were thinking oh. there, just like, you think if they're going to call, just say, look, is there anything we can do? Is there anything we can do to help the back of the pack runners make that experience better? But instead they're like, well, are you aware it's... Uh, it's a bit short. You're going to be able to do it. I'd love to hear a recording of that call. Oh. I'd love to hear that. What were they thinking? What, are they, so are they going to call everyone that's put their predicted finishing time as a bit longer than they might? I don't know. I don't know. Like, what? That's a shitty <laughs> thing to do. Astounding. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Liz also made us aware that another race organised by the London Marathon, the Vitality 10K, which you've probably seen all over TV because it had Mo Farah there, uh, it also fucked over the back of the pack runners. Liz finished in 1 hour 23. She got a medal, one of the last t-shirts, and only got a goodie bag that another runner gave to her. This is in 1 hour 23, so that's not slow. For a 10k, yeah. The thousand runners who finished after her were not so lucky, and some didn't receive anything. Thanks to Sandra, who contacted us to say they had run out of men's t-shirts and only had large women's sizes left for the tail runners... It took an hour for everyone to start because of the waves, which didn't help the cutoff time and you know, the amount of stuff they had. Liz also said the bag drops were also done in waves, which were late and overran, so people queued everywhere and merged with the toilet queues, so people didn't know what they were queuing for. So you couldn't get to your bag drop until a certain time, because they were also doing it in waves, which were then obviously late. That's the stupidest idea. It's bizarre, isn't it? I've never heard of a race doing that. Yeah. Normally, it's sort of the best way of doing it is to organise it. You know, you have um, your numbers... Yeah. Between these numbers, you drop it here and there. And well, they must have done that as well. But it was like, I guess for, you know, if you started in this way, you can pick your bag up at one o'clock. You did this way, you pick your bag up at half past one. So people are standing around for hours waiting to pick up their bag. This is what's bizarre then as well, because it's obviously, does it say how big the field is? But uh, like, Well, actually, no, this is another field. thing. The um, It was a field of 19,500, which is their biggest ever. Yeah. But... Um, I looked on their website and 10 days before, uh, that was because one of their excuses was 
Uh, it was their biggest ever field and it was bigger than they expected. Ten days before the race, according to their own website, they said they were expecting 17,500. Now, I'm certain 2,000 people did not sign up in the last week. And it, that, that astounds me because, oh, uh, we, you know, it's 19 times our biggest ever field. You had control over that. Yeah. Don't use that as an excuse. Oh, yeah. no, God, they just all bloody turned up. I mean, you've got a big database with the exact number of how yeah. many people are going to turn up and how many T-shirts and, and medals set, you need. And you can set the cutoff for yeah. sign-ups. I hate it when races do that. Say, oh, sorry, it was overcrowded. We just had a bigger field. It's like, well, don't stop people, you know, cut yeah. it off. But it, it's amazing how, you know, one hour 23 is not unheard of for yeah. a 10K. Well, and, I said, a thousand people finished after Yeah, that. well, that's not surprising at all. And that sort of 10K is going to attract people who are perhaps new to running yeah. or, you know, that's bizarre. It's bizarre and it's silly. And these race organisers really need to get it together. Yeah. Because not everyone is bloody Mo Farah and finishing a race. But that's all that that seems to be all they're worried about. Vitality 10K is a hugely marketed event. Take it's your money, expensive yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. These 10Ks are not cheap at all. No. And to finish and not get like your goodie bag and your medal and your t-shirt and all those Which you have paid things. for. Yeah. It's not like a prize. Yeah. You've yeah. paid for it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, get it together. <laughs> Nina also pointed out the main tweet from BBC Sport covering the Westminster Mile Elite Race was that Laura Muir had finished third. It wasn't until nearly midnight where they tweeted again to say it was Melissa Courtney who had actually won. Yeah, now I know it's kind of a story, you know, you're, Laura Muir is the big name, but to say, you know, your main tweet, oh, she finished third, and like, well, in that case, two people finished ahead of her, why not talk about them? <laughs> Bizarre. That's not the headline, surely. Yeah, surely, yeah, the headline is who won, or yeah. even a tweet saying, you know, who's first, second, third, yeah. you know. But they tweeted again about quarter to midnight to say Melissa Courtney had won. So <laughs> that was, I think she just thought that was a, a strange way to kind of uh, to list that, which it was. Yeah. So that's some fairly short bullshit running news for this week. Do we not have a bullshit story then? Did no one tweet us with a bullshit story? No, they didn't. Guys, you're meant to be creating the content for us. We're busy people. We have jobs. We have things to do. We have ultras to do. Sort it out. (laughs) All the time. We do have a competition winner though. Hey. Now this is our competition for Mark Atkinson's book uh, and a buff entitled Run Like Duck. We asked you to send in your titles for your running books. Were you to write one? Now, we've got a couple of shout-outs here of ones that we liked. First of all... they didn't win before you get too excited. Yeah, yeah, The sorry. runners up. Yeah, yeah. let's say that. <laughs> um, so, Delith, first of all. Race Venture, a pet detective. How to run fast enough to pet all the good dogs. I like that one. Because uh, they're all good dogs. That won my heart. Yeah. If it's any consolation done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you haven't won anything, Delith, but you know, you've won Amy's heart. <laughs> Which is, in fact, perhaps worth more. Um, it's not. <laughs> Vinny's book title would be Don't Go Chafing, I Love You Just The Way You Are. Oh, strong pun game. Oh, loving it. But the winner, uh, as chosen by Mark and actually his entire family, Hmm? was from Rachel Bentley. It was running. I thought it would be a good idea. I mean, we all did at some point, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, I think that encapsulates probably most people's experience if they're listening to this podcast. (laughs) And hopefully this will be a book that our previous tweeter Vic would enjoy about not improving as well. Because that's actually the thing about Mark's book. I I literally just finished reading it today and, you know, I guess a bit of a spoiler alert, he reaches the 100 Marathon Club in less time than I've been running overall. Jesus. And he still describes himself as a fat runner. I mean, come on, Mark. You can't be that bad. (laughs) So well done. Um, if you, I'll be con- in contact soon. Get your details, and I'll post them out to you very, very soon. 
Actually, speaking of Mark Atkinson, he left us a recommendation on the Facebook page, which is very kind. Thank you very much. He said, this is the podcast version of those random conversations you have on an ultra when lost, wondering where to poo, and worried you might have to eat one of your group. (laughs) Did you consider eating anyone during your run? No, because my nutrition was perfect. All right, all right. So I didn't need to consider that at all. I mean, I did actually start making a plan because I was running in a group of five, at least to start with. And I did actually start, even in the weeks before, who I'd eat first out of the group. I mean, Bernie was the sacrifice by talking to that man. That could have gone tits up and I would have been out of there. You would have shoved her and ran. I would have run. Yeah, yeah, I would have been gone. Yeah. So thank you very much, Mark. Uh, We've got some exciting merch news. There will be Running Is Bullshit Buffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Amy. Thanks for your excitement. That's really great. Can't wait. Uh, I had uh, a photo from the printer guy, and I put that up on Twitter and said, they will be available. Then I realised, to be honest, it wasn't really a great photo. People came back then asking uh, what they were. Suggestions range from a sunbed towel. Someone suggested it looked like a sanitary towel. An SBC-friendly clothing. Right. Some scabby butt crack friendly clothing. So just something perhaps to stuff down there as a bit of wadding, maybe. That'd it's be not nice. a bad idea. Uh, a wild poo wipe, hey. a napkin, or a snot mop. I think it may end up being all of those things. I mean, it's, they're versatile. I mean, when, I'm not going to tell you what to do with it. Multifunctional tube. It's if, multifunctional. If that's what you want to do with it, that's what you want to do with it. But they will be available very soon. We'll be selling them on our Facebook page if I can get the shop page to work. I don't really know how it works yet, but I'll work it out. It'll be fine. Um, you can send us some money. Um, I don't know how much they're going to be yet, but we'll send all that information to you as well. So you can represent running is bullshit wherever you are. And they'll only be 50, so they'll be limited edition. Ooh. Unless people want more, in which case we'll get more. We had a tweet from Len Martin about them as well, about buffs in general. He said, when you wear one around your neck and you discreetly mop up saliva and snot on the inside and then turn it a bit so you know not to use that bit again, a long run is when you discover in the worst way you've completed a full circle. Fucking hell, Lynn. (laughs) That is grim. So just like wiping your nose, roll it down, wipe your nose, roll it down. And then as you roll it down, you get to the beginning again. Am I the only person that just blows their nose on their t-shirt? What? (laughs) Oh, no. Like, in... Carry tissues. I won't carry extra weight. I've got to be... I'm like an old lady. I've got tissues on me all the time. Well... You blow your nose on your t-shirt. In the winter, it's easier, because usually in the winter, I start out with long sleeves and I roll them up, because so you can, like, blow roll your sleeve up. It's got to be done. I don't vap. Inside or outside of the t-shirt? doesn't matter, just blow it on the sleeve, you know? I'll give it a wipe now and then, but I wouldn't blow it properly. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be done. Oh, dude. Oh, that's... Oh, that's <laughs> Get in contact me. if you blow your, blow your nose on your T-shirt. I'm sure I'm not the only one. <laughs> oh. I think people are going to think twice about, like, hugging me after I've finished a race yeah, or whatever. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's not all in my t-shirt. I know someone who's got a specific snot buff, and that is rank now, because she wears it all the time, and it's, it's now, like, faded to grey. It's not buff. Yeah, she carries it specifically How to blow her nose on. Oh, it's like in a pocket. It's like around her wrist. Oh, God. And that's, that's nasty. See, my nose, just I've got hay fever and my nose runs faster than me most blowing the nose on their clothes? What's wrong with you all? Because you're sweating and you're gross anyway. Might as well. All the bodily fluids are coming out. Just, yeah, it's fine. Mate. We're all friends here. Oh, yeah, we are, totally. <laughs> you're not getting a post-race hug, ever. <laughs> wow. Okay, well... Uh, in full Top Gear style on that bombshell <laughs> we're going to finish it's a nice fairly short episode for a change so you can have a little bit of a shorter run from us you're welcome use this extra 20 minutes to go out for a run and, and blow your nose on something <laughs> yeah. or someone 
Amy, if people want to contact us about where they blow their nose and about their ultra stories, their first ultras, what do they do? You can contact us on Twitter at RunningIsBS if you're into the more short form. Perhaps, you know, send us a picture. Uh, on Facebook, Running is Bullshit. Put that into your search on Facebook. We should pop up. Or if you fancy long form, and this might be nice if you've got a bit of a story to tell about your ultra, you know? And also you get a dramatic reading out of it as well, and that's exactly. very fun. Exactly, yeah. Email us, runningisbull at gmail.com. You can. And also we've had a, a big uptick in downloads recently, which has been fantastic. So if you're enjoying the podcast, I'm doing that podcasty thing now, leave us a review, leave us a rating. Other people will find us and it will do like iTunes magic and we'll get further up the rankings and people, more people will find our podcast. Exactly. And actually, I have a podcast recommendation as well. Something I've just started listening to. Uh, I'm about five episodes in now. A podcast called Behind the Medal. Um, it's really good. It's a couple of guys from uh, up north in England. And it's there. I, I like the idea of it, which is a lot of the time, all you see about running is the Facebook updates and the Instagram photos of, oh, look how amazing I am. Look at the medal. But you don't see what's going on behind. So that's what they're talking about. And, you know, it's a very uh, sweary, honest account of how hard running can be and they talk about lots of interesting they you know just dove straight into marathons and triathlons and things and they just give really good accounts they've got some really great stories and actually got some good access for some of their guests as well so that's another good recommendation for running podcasts as well if you like a bit of swearing perfect that is all for us this week uh join us next time when our guest will be scabby buttcrack herself and we're going to be talking about her ridiculous 24 hours running on a treadmill yeah, so maybe sending your butt crack related questions. You Absolutely, yeah. Them. Oh, yes. If you want to know anything about Scabby Butt Crack and just how Scabby that butt crack is, let us know. <laughs> See you later, guys. Did you consider eating anyone during your run?